Do you want to set your child up for success? Is tutoring out of your budget, or perhaps you're someone like me who just wants to save money on private tutoring? Is this a big school year for your child? You know, maybe they're starting kindergarten or middle school. Maybe there's another milestone coming up. Or maybe your family moved. Oh my gosh, I moved so much when I was growing up. And the kids are starting a new school. Or maybe your child is ahead and just not getting challenged enough in class. Well, IXL Learning is here to help. IXL Learning is a fun online learning program for kids covering math, language, arts, science, and social studies. It's powered by advanced algorithms. IXL gives the right help to each kid, no matter the age or the personality. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. That's right. It is school approved. So make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And how to be fine listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com slash fine. Visit IXL.com slash fine to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Again, that's IXL.com slash fine. This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun, and that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com. Hey, by the book listeners, Kristen here. Did you know that you can receive a weekly by the book affirmation mini plus the rules of every book that we've lived by? It's easy. All you have to do is become a member of our Patreon community. To learn more, go to patreon.com slash listen to buy the book. Again, that's patreon.com slash listen to buy the book, or just look at the episode description from today's show. The following podcast contains barnyard language and some adult content. So, maybe listen on headphones if you're at work or around small children. Now, here's the show. Hey, Kristen. Yeah, Jolenta. It has been one week since we lived by Ikigai. And you know what that means. It's time for another Buy the Book mini episode. That's right. It is time for another Buy the Book epilogue. And this week, we are looking at the aftermath of Living by Ikigai, The Japanese Secret to a Long and Happy Life by Hector Garcia and Francis Morales. Now, Jolenta, let's start off, as usual, with feedback from folks who loved this book and voted for us to live by it. Yes. Nikki says, with the pandemic going on and so much being out of my control these past few years, this book gave me a little positivity and the sense that I could take care of myself in small ways, even when the world was shut down. 
Yes, exactly. Taking care of yourself in small ways, especially when the world feels very out of your control and very doomed and and very shut down. It's finding those little ways to nurture yourself, to take care of yourself, to remember you have the power to give yourself little pick-me-ups sometimes. It's very, very important. Yeah. Maintain your connections with some friends, maybe even just by phone. Do a little exercise, even if it's just doing some Tai Chi videos at home for a few minutes a day. The book really does have a lot of those little small suggestions of what we can do. Eva wrote in to say, I love this book so much, not as a step-by-step guide the way Jolenta and Kristen used it, but as something to just page through from time to time for a smile. The book is short and sweet and hopeful, and sometimes that's all us regular self-help curious people need. (laughs) I like it. You're self-help curious. You're not (laughs) like us. I love that because, yeah, she is not here to live by books in a regimented way like me and you, Jolenta. Eva just wants a little moment of joy in her day to come across a nice passage in a book to see something that makes her feel good. And I think a lot of self-help readers are like that. Right. They're just paging through a book because it has a little nugget of this or that for them. Yeah. So they want a little uh, pick-me-up, say, like yeah. someone else would read, you know, Real Housewives taglines. Yes. <laughs> Who would that be? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm projecting. <laughs> And what I love is some of you wrote in who haven't necessarily read the book, but really agreed wholeheartedly with the overarching theme of the book to stay busy and not retire. Yes. Aaron says, I cannot imagine retiring. The tropes of retirement aside, I think I have a lot to contribute to society, and stopping working means removing myself from that. Mm. It feels selfish as I have a lot to offer. LOL, that probably sounds arrogant, but oh well. You know, Erin, you probably do have a lot to offer. There are lots of people in this world that I hope, like, never retire. Yeah, like me. No. (laughs) I would say I know Kristen won't retire. I kind of hope she does for her own good before she just sort of, you know, spontaneously combusts. But you can't stop me. I'm going to work forever. No, she's the energizer Kristen Benny. Even if it's only eight hours a week, I'm still going to work. You can't stop me. She's going to do it. But it's like there are so many people, like, who I hope never retire. My dermatologist, my therapist, they're all medical professionals. Jane Goodall? I mean, come on. Again, a doctor. Please do not retire, Jane. If you're listening, and I know you are, please don't retire. Yeah. Cher? Yes. Dolly? Never retire. All right. Let's move on. We could list people we want to never retire forever. (laughs) Whitney wrote in to say, I personally think staying active keeps you young. I will never fully retire, not because of financial reasons, but because I love to work and stay busy. I foresee myself waitressing or volunteering far into my 70s. I ask myself all the time, what job would I do if money didn't matter? Something out in the public that keeps my hands, feet, and brains working so I stay young. Whitney, Whitney, yes. Yes. Whitney, are you a Christian? <laughs> it sounds like it. I want to wait tables alongside you. Yeah, yes, I do. I could very much see Kristen being like, now that I'm retired, time to work in a diner. And I'd be like, Oh, what? I am not retired. I'm still working. Right. Again, no, I know. not retired. Exactly. Never retiring. <laughs> but I do think that's important. Like, I feel like a lot of us millennials are watching our parents sort of deal with that of like, they're hitting retirement age. And it's like, they're not tired, though. Retired, <laughs> but they're not tired. Like, yes. they got a lot of 
of things to do, a lot of like docenting to be done. Oh, yeah. I mean, a lot of my friends' parents, they didn't retire at all. They just switched jobs. And in some cases, they are waiting tables. In some cases, they're working at grocery stores. Yeah, I guess that is true. They mostly just sort of switch to jobs where if they have a good retirement fund built up, it's maybe a bit more on the volunteer side. Yeah. And a bit more follow your heart side. Yes, 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 yes. Mariana says, I do agree people need to keep their minds sharp and active. My dad had his own business for years, then moved out of state to essentially retire, and his mental decline was fairly swift into obvious dementia. My father-in-law retired and is now taken up earlier and earlier day drinking. These may be dramatic examples, but they're true and a good lesson to me for my future. Mariana, are you my secret long-lost sister? Because that's what happened to my dad, too. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like there's almost like a switch that clicks when you're like, I am now off the hook, like almost even mentally. And it's like, I want to not flip that switch and like try to stay as in the world as possible. Oh, I think you always will, Jolenta. Yeah. Even though I know you're an introvert and you're a homebody, you never completely shut yourself off from the world. No, no, no. I am always watching TV. Wait, (laughs) that's healthy. Jennifer wrote in to say, in my work as an insurance broker, we often see clients through many ages and stages of life. People who retire with no focus on what they will do often disappear as clients and we find out later their health declined and they passed away. Those who seem to stay busy with hobbies, with volunteering, with part-time work, with friends or family, keep coming back for years and years, often complaining about how much busier they are after they retired. That sounds like a good complaint to have. And also, what an interesting point of view, Jennifer. You get to see people as they sort of like move through all these phases. And yeah, just like Mariana said before, people without sort of a plan or who want to be aimless end up like kind of aimless. Yeah. But some of you out there think the idea of staying busy forever is not so simple. Mm. Sarah says, I'm a college professor and I've noticed that on the days when I teach a lot of classes, I'm energized. The days I have several hours in the office that I'm supposed to use for admin, I feel stressed and exhausted. I think the ideal is to be busy with a variety of activities that are rewarding with a good amount of cat cuddling time at the end (laughs) of the day. But not everyone is fortunate enough to have work that is fulfilling even some of the time as I am, Yeah. let alone all of the time. And not everyone has a cat. So true. Yeah. Some of us, yeah. if we cuddled a cat, we would be sneezing. I mean, but yeah. sadly, most people don't have the dream job. Mm-hmm. I feel like, Jolenta, you and I, our generation, we were fed this line of like, do what you love. And, and you'll never work a day in your life, slash probably never retire. Slash probably never be able to pay your own rent or yeah. leave those roommates. Slash like not everyone can be a screenwriter. So what are we going to do? Yeah, exactly. Not everybody is going to be able to have that dream job. And a lot of the part of your job, Sarah, you're talking about that you don't like. Mm-hmm. A lot of people have that part of their job all the time. Right. Where I'm, th- I'm thinking of both of my grandparents, like they retired like very much like textbook when you're supposed to, like mid to late 60s. And we're talking lifelong public school administrator. She was so happy to be retired and a lifelong bricklayer. Literally couldn't wait to stop laying bricks. And like they kept busy with family and stuff, but like they were happy to never work again and felt very fortunate. So yeah, it depends on your work. It does. It does. 
Annie wrote in to say, the stay active, don't retire motto is pretty ableist, as is the work, work, work mentality. I feel like it's meant for people with good health who have a desk job. I live with a dynamic disability. Right now, I'm able to work from home, but I plan on reducing to a four-day work week next year. I'm not even sure how many more years I'll be able to work with my health. I may need to go on disability or get supported by my husband. Retirement is so far away in my mind. Yes, Annie, that is an excellent point that a lot of work just isn't a reality Mm -hmm. for people living with disabilities. It's not as simple as like, get out there and do it. Yeah. Get up and get out there. No, Brad and I talk about all the time how lucky we are that like I found out I had lupus. After I had sort of left the mainstream workforce and managed to be lucky enough to sort of forge a little job for myself where I can work from home, I can schedule and reschedule things last minute around like a doctor's appointment. And, you know, most people in a nine to five desk job are not able to maintain dealing with a dynamic disability, a severe illness and that job at once. Like they don't go well together. Our culture like doesn't allow it. Yeah. Yeah. And so many of our jobs, I mean, there are many different kinds of disabilities, obviously. There are ones that have to do with our executive functioning, with how our bodies work. And it does not matter. For some people, maybe the desk job, even though it's not physical, doesn't coincide well with their disabilities. I mean, Mm -hmm. so jobs can run the gamut and so can disabilities of what can work for a person and what can't work for a person. So it's really complex. Right. That's a really good point. Yeah. Thank you for pointing that out, Annie. We're in a super ableist society that's obsessed with working. I loved hearing from our listeners who are just unapologetically looking forward to retirement. Yes, these were some fun comments. We got a lot of them. Sarah said, I'm going to be honest, when I heard that the premise slash translation of this book was stay busy, I said, ew, out loud. (laughs) One of the reasons I'm a teacher is for the summers off. I absolutely adore doing nothing. (laughs) Love it, love it, love it. But maybe you're staying busy by doing nothing, huh? (laughs) But also, a lot of you wrote in to say, yeah, I want to retire someday, but I doubt it's possible. Chelsea says, financially, I'm not sure I'll ever be able to retire, but I'd love to. I'd do it right now if I could. If I didn't have to work to live, I'd volunteer, travel, and devote so much more time to my many hobbies. Yeah, Uh, yeah. I don't think you are alone in that boat, Chelsea. I think a lot of people are there with you. Most people are there with you, I'm guessing. Yeah. Well, let's steer that boat and just talk about how the book was written, shall we? Yes. Because a lot of you wrote in saying, regardless of the book's message, you just didn't like how it was written. Amy says... I have always respected Kristen and Jalenta as professionals for many reasons. However, listening to Ikigai as an audiobook made me fully comprehend what a slog it must be at times to get through some of these books and how absolutely incredible they are to make them succinct and entertaining. I just finished the book, and I don't think it had enough of the type of action items that would help me find my purpose. Well... We agree with you on that, and so does Stephen. Stephen wrote to say, I did not like this book. It felt like a random bunch of stories, and I didn't get much from it. 
It was yes. it was one where you got to sort of sift. You're sort of like mining for gold and sifting through and you're like, oh, here's a nugget. Here's a nugget. Put those nuggets together to make a lot of lists and a lot of messages. Yeah. Here's a random story about Steve Jobs. And here's somebody you've never heard of who's gardening. Yep. There you go. Yeah. It, <laughs> it was all over the place. Why don't you go all over the place while we take a quick break? But when we come back, we'll answer some questions directed right at us, and we're going to talk about culture. This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun. And that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com. Meet the next generation of podcast stars with Sirius XM's Listen Next program, presented by State Farm. As part of their mission to help voices be heard, State Farm teamed up with Sirius XM to uplift diverse and emerging creators. Tune in to Stars and Stars with Isa as host Isa Nakazawa dives into birth charts of her celeb guests. This is just the start of a new wave of podcasting. Visit statefarm.com to find out how we can help prepare for your future. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, we are back with listener comments about Ikigai, the Japanese secret to a long and happy life by Hector Garcia and Francis Morales. Yes. Now, let's hear from some folks who have specific feedback for us, Jolenta. Shonda wrote in to say, I was kind of zoning out listening to this episode. I'm sorry. (laughs) So when Jolenta started reading her procedural trope list, I initially thought she was talking about some sort of TV drinking game or detective show bingo. I am now obsessed. I need a Netflix binge bingo game. Jolenta, please oh share the list. Please help me make this game a reality. Shonda, I'm going to make like a bingo card for like procedural yes. binging and you'll get a prize of knowing you can identify tropes when you make a bingo, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Something like that. Or like a drinking game list. But like, I want to make sure you don't get too wasted. So I got to think, got to think hard on this one. (laughs) Because it can't be like every time someone says hinky, because you'd be wasted. (laughs) Julie wrote in to say, just listen and another great episode. But I have one request. Please, 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 Jolenta and Kristen, Try to never discuss the PH word again. I was literally gagging whilst wearing a face mask waiting for my train. But that aside, great app. Ooh, What's the PH let's word? Let's speculate which PH word she means. <clears throat> Let me clear my throat while I oh, think about what I she know. is referring to. Julie, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry. Stop it. Julie. <laughs> she means the stuff you sometimes cough up when you're mucusy. Philosophical thoughts. PH word. Can I say it? Flem. word. Ah, Julie, we're sorry. It wasn't me. Julie. <laughs> it was Jolenta. It's like telling us not to think of an elephant. No, stop I'm it, sorry. Jolenta. I am so sorry. We'll stop talking about it. I hate Kristen's <laughs> habits in regard to it and would be happy to sort of table those discussions. <laughs> <laughs> 
Nicole wrote in to say, on the food part of this book, Kristen, I'm so glad you enjoyed growing and eating your mushrooms. And I'm super glad the five little plates part didn't send you spiraling about food. I heard that part and was immediately worried about you. Did you make a decision that it was safer for you not to do that step in the literal way that Jalenta did? Or did it just work out that way because you were sick in the middle of living by the book? Either way, I'm proud of you for taking time for self-care during this one. Well, Nicole, thank you so Mm -hmm. much. And no, it really wasn't a conscious decision. I was just sick. I was super, super sick. As you know, Jolenta, I was not getting out of bed. I was not doing well. I oftentimes when I'm sick, just don't want to eat because of that phlegm in my stomach. I just don't have an appetite. So it wasn't on purpose, but I was really happy that I didn't have to live by the food steps in this book. It worked out beautifully. Yeah. I yes. feel like it was sort of like a happy accident where it was like this book hit right when Kristen like was like, I can't put in the effort to like five plates or whatever. So let's just mushrooms. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of food, some of you were taken aback by mm, the book's mm-hmm. eating advice. There was a lot of eating <laughs> advice in there and a lot of it was a little bit weird. Sarah says, I just finished the new episode and my takeaway is any book that wants me to have all the dirty dishes isn't for me. One plate is just fine. Plus, I have teenagers, so all the cups are already in use. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, what is that with the cups and the teenagers? I was a teenager once, and I believe I probably had cups in every room, too, back then. I just remember as a teenager, my mom being like, stop it with the cups! And I'd be like, what is she talking about? <laughs> and then the second I started teaching a, a teen class, I was like, how are there, like, cups and water bottles everywhere. Like, where are there even (laughs) cups in this acting studio? But yeah, teenagers love using all the cups and leaving them all like half drunk. I love it. Yeah, everywhere. Places you can trip over them, places that are like not at eye level, everywhere. Like any self-help book we do that adds more effort and more like tedious shit to our day. Yeah, questionable. Tabby wrote in to say, I'm skeptical of the dietary advice given by step three. Food studies take years to complete and rely mostly on self-reported data. So how did the authors come to these conclusions? Do they have a background in nutritional science? The book also suggests intermittent fasting for two days a week if you don't use tiny little plates, which doesn't sound doable in the modern world. And not eating for two days could also be triggering for those with histories of eating disorders. As Kristen said, Might these food rules just be a Western exotification of Asian countries when it comes to health? No country has the perfect model that will work for everyone. Ah, yes. We learned that in French women don't get fat also. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, no one country is the answer to everybody's struggles in life. Totally, totally. Yeah. And the idea that we should all eat exactly the same way is so bizarre to me, especially when food science has found that for a lot of us, certain foods will work for this person, but not this person just based on our ethnic history. Right. I was going to say like genetic background. Yes. Nothing to do with the amount of books you're eating. Where it's like some people respond way better to like this superfood than that superfood. Yes. Or to intermittent fasting or whatever. Plus what culture is like, oh, we always intermittent fast, like health (laughs) reasons. Like, no. Anything that's telling me to starve myself and that that's supposed to be good for me? Mm -hmm. No. 
And no. Speaking of no, Kristen, <laughs> uh, some of you wrote in and had mixed feelings about the book's depiction of Japanese culture and values. Yes. Rachel said, I was shocked that the book didn't bring up that the work culture in Japan can also be dangerous. Japan is one of the only countries where people work even more than we do in the U.S. And they work so much that death due to overworking, stress, and self-harm on the job are common enough to have a word in Japanese. It isn't fair to recommend that we follow these practices to live longer and feel happier when those same ideals have caused so much pain in other parts of Japan. You can't promote one without the other. And Melissa seconds Rachel's point and gives us the word. It's karoshi, death by overwork. Yes. The literal translation is overwork death. So oh, like, is it? Yeah. Oh, gosh. Oh, man. But Amanda wrote in to say the book is culturally problematic for a totally different reason. We love this letter, Amanda. Yes. Amanda says, thank you so much to Kristen for pointing out the exoticism that the Western authors are trying to convey. As a person of Okinawan descent, I want to point out that although Okinawa is technically under Japanese rule, Okinawa has a long history of indigenous people before Japan conquered it, which is thought to be a contributing factor of the longevity of its population. See the Okinawan program published in 2002. Japan for centuries has suppressed these traditions, including language and culture, and the fact that the Okinawan people have continued to keep these traditions in the face of an occupying regime is a testament to their strength and will. The fact that this book has Japanese secret, quote-unquote, in its title is insensitive and is contributing to the erasure of the culture that the book is trying to highlight as aspirational. Yes. Yes. Oh, yes, my gosh. Yes, yes. Put it so much better than we could. Yes. Thank you so much for writing in and clarifying that. I was trying to remember, like, my history classes from college because I studied a lot of Japanese history. And I was like, wasn't Okinawa sort of its own thing? And thank you. Yes, it was. There's a reason for all of these quote-unquote secrets. It's like called a culture and a population of people that exist. And doing something that works for them. Yeah, that should be celebrated in their own right and not exoticized and sort of like put on for fun to see if we can lose some weight and like live fulfilled. Yeah, and, and not even giving credit where credit is due right, in this right. case. Yeah. Like, so much wrong here. I was going to say like the lack of sort of historical depth of the book was surprising. Yeah. Very good point. Thank you, Amanda. Thank you so much. We really much. appreciate it. We are going to take one more quick break, but when we come back, we'll answer one last funny question. And of course, we'll announce next week's book. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Meet the next generation of podcast stars with Sirius XM's Listen Next program, presented by State Farm. As part of their mission to help voices be heard, State Farm teamed up with Sirius XM to uplift diverse and emerging creators. Tune in to Stars and Stars with Isa as host Isa Nakazawa dives into birth charts of her celeb guests. 
This is just the start of a new wave of podcasting. Visit statefarm.com to find out how we can help prepare for your future. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. We are back and we have one last question for the two of us, Jolenta. I just love this question. It's from Katie who wants to know, Jolenta and Kristen, if you were each to write a book about how your home state cultures hold the quote unquote secret to a long and happy life, what would some key pieces (laughs) of advice be? So that would be Oregon for you, Minnesota Minnesota for me. Webfoot, The Oregonian Secret to a Long, Happy Life. Yes. Um, <laughs> they call people born in Oregon sometimes Webfoots because they're like little ducks. Oh, so cute. I guess like the number one rule would be like never use an umbrella and like let yourself get rained on. <laughs> that seems to yeah. be something people in Oregon do and like take pride in in a weird way. You guys love that. Yeah. If you must have a car, it should be a Prius or a Subaru Outback. Like, I don't know. Like, constantly check to see whether or not the mountain is out. There is a mountain called Mount Hood that you can see from the city of Portland. And on clear days, you can see it beautifully. But most days, it's raining and disgusting, so you can never see it. So it's sort of a big deal when, like, it's not so cloudy and you can see a little bit past the immediate clouds. So, yeah, like, look for the mountain, get rained on, and look. Like, have a pompous car choice if you need to drive so you can feel like even though you're hurting the earth, like you're still superior. That's the Oregon way. Kristen, how about you? What's the Minnesotan Guide to Life? All right. So I think the book is called Somebody Has It Worse Than You, The Minnesota Secret to a Long and Happy Life. And Somebody Has It Worse Than You will be a good reminder to stop whining and go out and shovel the driveway. You know what? Yes. It could be worse. Somebody has it worse than you. Stop your whining. Make a hot dish. Hot dish is definitely in here. Always shoveling snow. Yeah, you're going to be shoveling snow. You're going to stop feeling sorry for yourself. You're going to think of the ways you're lucky, but not get too woo-woo about it because, Mm, you know. mm -mm. Just practical That's just silly. That's just silly. You don't want to do that. No, no, no. Yeah. Just be glad you don't have to walk uphill both ways to school the way your parents obviously did. Yeah, exactly. And eat your hot dish. Eat your hot dish. Eat your hot dish. It is delicious. Shovel snow. Remember, you have it better compared to a lot of people. Yep. That's exactly it. That's it. (laughs) The Minnesotan way. Wow. What a good question, Katie. Thank you to you and to everyone who wrote in with such great thoughts this week. Reminder, you can always share your thoughts and stories with us on our private Facebook community. That is the place to be where all the discussions happen. It's facebook.com slash groups slash BTV pod. And now, Jolenta, it's time. Of course. It's that time when we announce next week's book. Our next book is... Bum, 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 Nothing. <laughs> Sorry, we misled you. There is no book announcement. There are no more books this season. No, that is it. But that doesn't mean that the season is really over. We have all of our bonus episodes coming your way, including our season wrap-up in two weeks. Mm -hmm. That's the episode when we go back through every book of the season and tell you what habits we're still sticking with and which books we hated the most. We assess it all. 
We tell you the best, the worst, and mm-hmm. a lot of in between. Yeah. And after that, we have a handful of other bonus episodes before our season 10 starts this summer, including an episode I really love that we're working on about all of the voters speaking and like why y'all voted for what you voted for and what you think of a season of books that you voted for because the thoughts are hot. Yes. You you gotta listen to that one. Y'all are very smart and have smart things to say. And, and mm-hmm. heads up, Jolent and I are going to be making an announcement that is life-changing and mind-blowing, at least for us. Yeah, it's a yes. huge announcement. It's a big, big one. It'll be in this feed, so keep your little eyes and ears and mouths and noses peeled. And that's it for this mini episode of By the Book. Huge thank you to our amazing production team at Stitcher, Chantel Holder, Corinne Wallace, and Marcus Ham. And thank you, of course, to Nate Wida, the composer of our theme song. And thank you to the Rizzos, the performers of our theme song. Please stay in touch. Let us know if you've read and or lived by Ikigai. Also, send us any questions or suggestions for future books for us to live by. Our email address, as always, is Kristen Angel lenta at gmail.com you can also tweet us at by the book pod or reach out to us on instagram at by the book pod i'll be sure to post your mushrooms on our instagram <gasps> oh yes, yes 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 and don't forget to rate us and review us in your podcast app like literally look down this second hit five stars and write like fun show because <laughs> it'll help other people realize it's a fun show <laughs> until next time i'm Kristen meinzer and i'm jalenta greenberg Thank you so much for listening. Bye-bye. Stitcher. Meet the next generation of podcast stars with SiriusXM's Listen Next program, presented by State Farm. As part of their mission to help voices be heard, State Farm teamed up with SiriusXM to uplift diverse and emerging creators. Tune in to Stars and Stars with Isa as host Isa Nakazawa dives into birth charts of her celeb guests. This is just the start of a new wave of podcasting. Visit statefarm.com to find out how we can help prepare for your future. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.